KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Climate change continues to be the challenge of our lifetime, and a recent report raised some real alarm bells about just how bad the situation is. To break down what this report is all about, we caught up with Dr. Ruth McDermott-Levy, professor at the Fitzpatrick College of Nursing at Villanova, also co-director of the Mid-Atlantic Center for Children's Health and the Environment. The latest IPCC report was released, and before we kind of dig into the report, I want to ask you kind of some basic things. Uh, what is the IPCC and how often do we get these reports? The IPCC is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and they are the world's leading scientists that come together and look at all the published science related to climate change. And, and the thing that is so striking about this report, any of the reports from IPCC, is that the um, the scientists have to come to consensus. In other words, for it to get in there, everyone has to agree to it. And if you can only imagine what that would be like to get, you know, everybody with their own um, science and, and their own interests to agree. So, so these are extraordinarily reliable reports. Um, they are coming out more frequently. I believe they come out about every two to three years, but as they're finding, as climate change is moving more swiftly, they are coming out more frequently and have interim reports. And so this is the sixth assessment and there's actually three parts to it. So the one that came out most recently is is the second part of the sixth assessment. It does not seem very good uh, what they're saying. Uh, You read a lot of things that things are tipping and we are not in a place where we can correct in time or adjust in time. Am I misreading the overall kind of give me your headline for what the, this, this reports about. I guess my headline would be we're in trouble. Um, We uh, in 2018, uh, they, the IPCC came out with um, this, the report, this was an interim report saying that we, we can't go to two degrees Celsius. We can only go to an average increase of 1.5 degrees Celsius. And they gave us at that time about uh, 10-ish years to turn things around. But what they're finding is that uh, the greenhouse gases that are that are man-made or, or human-created are causing more havoc to the atmosphere than we expected. And so um, things are moving much more rapidly. And, you know, we're seeing that in the Philadelphia area with, with some of the extreme weather we've been having. I mean, this fall with that storm in September, I mean, who would have ever thought we could actually, if we wanted to, swim down Vine Street? I mean, you know, it's it's quite remarkable the things that are happening. What are the main concerns? And obviously you talk about the the 1.5 Celsius. And it seems to me we're talking on multiple fronts. It's not just a matter of sea level rise. It's not just a matter of more storms. It's not just a matter of more intense storms. It's kind of the worst of all worlds that we should be concerned with. And we've kind of seen in real time to your point about that storm in September and, you know, continuing down this path. Yeah, uh, it, it is, it, it, it's, is affecting every aspect of our lives. Um, and, and the report 
really highlights that. Uh, one of the things as a nurse that I really like about this report is that it it not only talks about the climate science and you know the greenhouse gas emissions and all that the science, but it also gets into the social aspects of of um, climate change and how it's going to it has and will continue to influence economic opportunities, how you know it influences our health, how it influences people that are marginalized or underrepresented. And, and, you know, when I talk about this with my students and also people out in the community, I, I use COVID as an example because we've all experienced that in real time. And we see who was most impacted. And it's the same groups of people that are going to, that are currently being impacted by climate change and will continue to be impacted more so. And so, you know, as a community, as, as the Philadelphia region, we need to then think about how we can address the needs of the same groups of people that were impacted for COVID. Um, we can continue with that. Um, I, I, COVID was, is a, a horrible situation, but there, there is always some positive things that come out of, of bad situations. And one of them is that it drew attention to people that, that often aren't, aren't given the attention they need. And so we need to continue with that and address you know, proper housing for people. For Philadelphia, our concerns with climate change are rain, you know, big floods and heat. And so we need to look at, you know, where, where are we placing homes? Where are we placing businesses? We saw that in September with flooding. Um, but then also making sure that people, in especially in urban settings like Philadelphia, um, have um, access to cooling centers or even air conditioning in their home. And so that's a discussion that we need to start having to make sure everyone is safe because the these extreme heat days and these long heat waves that we've been having are a cause for mortality where, where people are dying from the heat. And one of the things that I don't know in a lot of reporting about climate change, I feel like dots a lot of times aren't connected because we're talking about higher temperatures, more rainfall or less rainfall in places. And then you're talking about places where they grow crops and all of a sudden the crop schedule is off. And, you know, so maybe it's it's harder or it's more expensive or we get to a point where all of a sudden you can't grow X in a place where you've grown X for 100 years. And it can really kind of roll out of control. How important is it to kind of to your point of climate kind of touches everything? is it for people to understand how it's all interrelated? And yes, maybe you don't care about a drought out on the West coast, but you care about, you know, the, the food that you get and being able to afford it. But if that continues, it's going to be more expensive here and, you know, everything's connected. Absolutely. And I, I think you're, you're right on saying how everything is connected and, and if we, you know, can't get food in in Cal because of a drought in the West Coast, then it's going to be much more expensive for people, or we may not even be able to get that particular food item, which can be problematic. Uh, food itself, uh, uh, you know, the report played out how drought um, and flooding can influence the quality or the quantity of food that's available. The other thing that they've found um, with studying the impact of carbon dioxide on uh, food is that that in a carbon dioxide rich environment which we are becoming more so um, are the 
the quality of the food is not as good. So um, things like uh, beans and rice don't have as much protein as they typically do and have higher levels of carbohydrate. And so that affects our health because, uh, you know, it puts people at greater risk of um, diabetes, or if they have diabetes, it can make it more challenging to manage it. Um, it can affect uh, weight and obesity. And so again, it, it affects everything. So to your point of how aware do people need to be, I, I think we should start, you know, pausing and looking around and saying, you know, okay, what's happening? What is that relationship to whatever is going on? Whether, you know, we have higher winds and, and tornadoes that we've never had in this area. What is happening? And is that climate related? So start, you know, asking those questions and talking to people about it. And then you need to become engaged, you know, in your community as far as decision making to make sure, again, people aren't falling through the cracks and we're, we can adapt to these changes that are occurring um, and, and be engaged with your policymakers and let them know how important this is to you. Because, you know, there's things that we can do individually, but, it, but we can turn things around or reduce our greenhouse gases, but it really needs to come from, um, you know, the community, state and national level, because we need strong policies to be able to do that. Yeah, that was kind of my next question, because I know there are times where as an individual, it feels overwhelming and you'll see video of an oil spill off the coast of Nigeria or, or you know, in Nigeria. And you'll see, you know, these giant problems and you're like, how much does me throwing a card recycling a cardboard box, you know, how much does that really help when you look at the scale of this stuff? But you got to kind of fight through that and every kind of work under the idea that every little bit helps. Yeah, I do think every little bit helps. And I also think it's kind of, um, you know, you said recycling, that's kind of the low hanging fruit, right? We, so we start to get engaged in kind of environmental awareness and, and action, um, whether it be recycling or if you have co composting um, in your yard, you know, with food scraps or, or whatever it is that you're able to do. and then then oftentimes people start thinking, okay, what's next? What else can I do? Um, I actually uh, recently gave up my car. <laughs> I live in the suburbs. And so I, I'm determined to use public transportation more to try to make a difference. So, um, and, you know, an example again during COVID is when we were in lockdown and I am not suggesting that we all lock ourselves in the house to, to address climate change. But when we were in lockdown, the, the um, emissions did reduce, right? So, so then how about we look at our transportation, which is, and I'm going to, this is, I guess, I think it's like 54% of our emissions. It's quite a bit of, of our emissions is our, in our transportation. So if we look at that and say, okay. Maybe, you know, can how can I use more public transportation or perhaps I can walk or ride my bike, which keeps the air cleaner, helps us get exercise, which is good for our physical and mental health. So there are there are many things that we can do now. If you want to walk or ride your bike, we may need safe passages to do that. So, again, that's where we want to engage with our policymakers to do that. I do know Pennsylvania is really working on addressing climate change. Um, they have a committee um, in the uh, DEP addressing specifically climate change. So, um, you know, if we as, as citizens can share that this is important to us and how can we support it, that is another way 
to do that. And before we move forward, I also want to mention, you know, you said about, um, you know, it's overwhelming and, 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 you know, I can, you know, you can recycle. And, and so there's a mental health component to this as well. Um, it is, it is really overwhelming to think, you know, there's really no place to go. This is it. This is, you know, there's no planet B. This is where we live and we have to manage it. And so it is okay to take breaks, you know, from, you know, the news and all the, the horrible things you see related to climate or anything else and, and find groups of people that can support you in, in your efforts to, to try to make a change. Cause that can be um, kind of um, helpful to, again, you know, I always say, find your people that will do that. And, and I, you know, I've spent a lot of my career working on environmental health and climate change. And so um, there's, there's days, you know, my friends and I sometimes will make jokes that may be off color, but it's to relieve that stress. So there, you know, it, there are issues, people, it is known fact that um, it does affect mental health. There's a condition called climate anxiety. A lot of youth experience that. Um, at Villanova, we're starting to address that for our students um, because they're very concerned. And so we, um, you know, want to be aware of the youth that may not have the, the capacity to manage uh, struggles and challenges that we have because we have a longer history of being around and getting through things. Um, and then it's, it's also okay to reach for professional help if that um, becomes a challenge because, you know, people that have gone through um, flooding and had trauma and loss related to climate change um, is a is a real thing. And so, um, you know, we want to look out for each other. Getting back to the report, what are some other things you drew from it? Um, you know, we talk about the, the 1.5 degrees Celsius is coming faster, and this means more storms and worse storms and sea, ro- sea levels rising faster than we anticipated. What are some other things that people need to know that have been the alarms been sounded about in this report? Uh, one of the things that they included, and in, it's kind of a hot topic right now in, in climate change, is the access to healthcare systems because of um, extreme weather events and essentially disasters. And so there may be um, problems for people getting to health systems. Um, and so there, uh, in the report, it, it states that we need to address that and make sure that. Um, health systems are resilient to what's happening. Um, one of the initiatives that's happening in the U.S. and actually globally, they signed on at um, COP26 back in November, um, was to decarbonize healthcare. And so um, you may see hospitals in, in the region um, doing things to um, reduce their emissions. Um, simple things like, again, transportation, looking at their fleet of, of vehicles and perhaps going to electric vehicles or or reducing the number of, of uh, times they may um, travel to then the energy that the hospital system uses. So that that's one thing that kind of might get missed in the report. And again, as a nurse, I would um, that caught my attention. As we're recording this, uh, gas prices are skyrocketing. Uh, we've got the awful situation with Russia invading Ukraine and gas prices are expected to continue to go up and and really go up to your point earlier of, you know, a kind of a, a bright spot in a disaster with COVID. Could this be the shock to the system gas price wise, 
where we see the the arrow really move where a lot of places that maybe were in favor of going electric cars or thinking about it but yeah it's exp- it's kind of expensive and we're fine and we'll get to it where we could see kind of a sea change um and this this situation we look back on in 20 years was kind of a pivot point for fossil fuels just because of the the price spikes and they're expected to stick around and you know for a while you know i hope so i i hope that people do look and think how could they conserve their fuels so again reducing your travel when it's it's possible and and if if you're able to shift to an electric vehicle or again i i'm a huge fan of active transportation so if people can walk or use um you know human fueled uh transportation like a bicycle um you're killing kind of two three birds with one stone you're getting physical activity so it's helping your physical and mental health and then you're also keeping the air clean and addressing climate change so um there there is opportunity in this and again for some of these things we do need the political willpower to make uh you know electric vehicles more affordable to make um paths that are safe for people to be able to get to places without getting in any vehicle at all are there any places and if there's anywhere in the report or if you wanted to highlight where we're getting it right with regards to to climate change things that we're doing that are that are making a real difference and if not for them we'd be in real real bad shape right now you know it tends to be kind of pockets of activity where we're, we're making a difference but Philadelphia also has an office of climate and so they are aware of this and then they also they monitor for heat for heat waves and they they really have an early warning system early before many other cities did and so that's not a mitigation where it's reducing greenhouse gases but it is addressing the issue of adaptation because we are still you know we have signed on to a certain amount of climate change because of what's in the atmosphere now philadelphia has addressed that in a way that is protective of people another way we're getting it right is more plant-based options for food restaurants and our grocery stores have a lot more options to be more plant-based i think that's a great way to, to get it right you know i think they're the big ones for the philadelphia area but Again, if we can, you know, come together and and address the major policy changes, it could make a big difference. One of the things that you try to read these reports and they're incredibly important, but they are very dense. And I know that broken down radio guys are not the target audience, but I think the importance of this. You would want to make it as easy to maneuver for a person as possible so you could the point across it, are, are reports like this are they doing a disservice by being so dense where people of good faith who want to understand and want to learn glaze over by page three <laughs> um yeah they are they are really dense um the nice thing about these reports is they do have uh, a, a summary for a policymaker although I think in the this most recent one, it's thirty some pages. Thirty seven pages. Oh, there you go. Thirty seven pages. So it it's not something you're going to quickly read, you know, riding the subway. But um, so you know, I would recommend certainly 
reliable newspapers, the Philadelphia Inquirer does a good job. Um, New York Times does a good job as well. And, and then also we have in the United States, it's called the uh, climate assessment. Uh, and it's by, it's a mandate by uh, Congress that one is published every four years. So no matter who is in office, um, it is pub- this uh, climate assessment is published. And it is a lot more accessible um, to kind of the average reader. Um, and it, you can access it online. It's globalchange.gov if you go there. And uh, what I like about this document, so it again is broken down, the current one is broken down by regions. So we can look at what are the issues for the Northeast of the United States. But if you click on the, um, the citation, it takes you right to the article. So if you want more information and you want the, the science, it's right there for you. But then they've made it in a way that, that people can understand it, I think, fairly easily. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.